Crom. Greetings, mortals. You are listening to Bourbon and Barbarians, an actual play recording presented by the Cromcast. So, depending on how tactical you guys want to get, we can. I think we can wrap it up tonight. Uh, cool. Like so, and so, let's just jump right into it then. So, the last session, you guys basically ended up back in the catacombs. You explored the catacombs. You ended up on the extreme of the bride side of the catacombs, and you found a safe haven. Uh, and Brondo what you gave your shield away to mm-hmm. uh to a buried man, right? Yep. To the uh to the to the Kalish we found. And buried you, in the buried in the in the protected tomb. You proved your your uh your sincerity. You were the most <laughs> what is uh what does Linus say in uh <laughs> in the Great Pumpkin? Like you, you proved your sincerity of like uh uh and you were worthy, oh. but yet you didn't. Yeah. Uh, you you left it there. You left that shit out there. It is. And uh, if I truly need it, uh, no. And so so you left that there, and you guys are where we left. La- whenever I hopped off the call earlier, I wanted to listen. I was like trying to listen to the end of the last episode just so I could get back in the train of thought. But you guys basically had left that chamber and you were making a beeline for the opposite end of the groom side of the catacombs to where you deduced Strahd would be. Yep. Does that make sense? Yep. Right. Yep. All right. All right. I remember it. And uh, Mike burned a spell, maybe uh, burned a spell or two. Uh, Uleg, uh, I can't remember if you burned a spell or not, but basically, yes, I did. Okay, and it's and talk. Oh yeah, guy. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what was the what was his response to you? I asked him if Strahd's resting place was in the catacombs or the crypts where we were, and he said yes, that he was there. And I asked him. Uh, how could we destroy Strahd? And he said, sever the head, destroy the heart. And um, I don't remember the third thing that we asked him because I couldn't come up with a question and we we were flailing for a third thing to, to say. Uh-huh. Um, but it was inconsequential, I think. Um, and so that was the encounter with the, uh, the, the strange mage that we found. Right, okay. And what's the scoop with the arena? Was she, was punk- there. There was, there was she was there. She was there. So what's, yeah, the, back, what's back, the story? Back, back and better than ever. Yeah, so she had been uh, uh, turned into a vampire and was dying and was uh, immolated, right? Like, we we saw her get turned to soot by Strahd's uh, fireball that he threw at us. Right. And um, we we knew that she had been burned up, but yet here she was, uh, whole and restored. Just like we found her. Yeah. Yep. And so she, and that's in her, that's in her tomb, right? She, in one of the bride tombs, you found yeah. her back there. Okay. Yep. 
So those are the main. Yep, those are the main things. So knowing that you all have uh, crossed back past the three or four crypts that are on the bride side, like as they basically you follow the same path that you brought in like to that to that bit of respite that you found on the far northern wall of the catacombs <clears throat> and you're able to get back to the main thoroughfare and you're at the point of like you're in between arena's crypt and the crypt of the banshee like the crypt of the mm. the uh the dark uh elven ghost that wailed at you that almost like sapped a soul yeah. uh and that's where you're at <laughs> this is the map I drew last yeah. time. <laughs> and nice. so, like, you are now. That looks uh, great. You're yeah. looking at the uh, the groom's side of the crypts, and where we last left off, you guys were making a beeline. You were going to try to make it towards Strahd's tomb. Yes, we're not messing with Eric Vonderbucks. Yeah. <laughs> nope. You give no, no, about the bucks. F U X. No shucks. No shucks. Knock if you buck. <laughs> All right. So explain to me. I have marching order being Groda, Brondo, Hank, Uleg. Uh, explain to me how you're proceeding. Are you basically wanting to inspect crypts as you go, or are you wanting to go to the far wall? What do you guys think? Um, I'm ready with hammer in hand. Okay. Do we want to look in himself? Do we want to go all the way to the end and work our way back, or look in these crypts as we go down the hall? I think the last time we had sort of said that we had figured out there was a balance to this. That if this was the happy crypt that we were in, the evil crypt must be on the other end. So we'll have to be like make this happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wise word Sir Groda. Said Groda the dumb. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's pretty much it. You deduce that there must be like some level of like there's symmetry here at play, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like you've explored one end and there's a there's a central crypt. You've explored another end, there's a central crypt. Now there's only one other end. And there's gotta be something there. If it's gonna have any sense of yin yang to it. But right. it does. Wink right. wink. Uh, but you, but the question is, do we want? Do I? Do you guys want to look in any crypts, or do you just want to go to the wall? That's what I want to know. Do you think there's anything guys, like, like, for us to gain going in the crypts? Oh, like could, gain before we go face Strahd? Could there be weapons or armor? Or, I mean, we've found. Um, you guys, you guys passed over a corpse that was spilling over with gold. All around it, and it's you true. pass you passed up an illuminated like magic armor set, and mm-hmm. put your you put your magic shield on top of it. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's there's certainly stuff to be found here. Tidbits. Uh, it's 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 a uh, the other thing too is it's afternoon at this point, and we know what happens at night. Yeah, I don't. I think we could walk like it wouldn't take much to like turn our heads and look in the crypt as we walk by. In like, oh, oh, there's a skeleton with a sword. Oh, there's a skeleton with a shield. Oh, there's a skeleton with a wand. Like, <laughs> if there's something real obvious that's like, 
Uh, there's a big shiny sword there. Maybe let's investigate that thing. But otherwise, I think we could just walk on by. There's probably no more fezes. I mean, there could be a magic fez. You don't know. Okay. Have you been down here before? So you guys make your way. You guys, you guys make your way to Eric von Vonderbuck's tomb, which is kind of the central tomb on the groom side, and you start passing that way. Like you pass that one, and you. Because we pass. You're able uh, to. Yep. We passed Kazan's uh, too, right? Oh yeah, you're already past that. You're like okay. basically at yeah. you're you're at the main thoroughfare. So you are now on the groom side, which is not yet explored. And you pass by a crypt. Uh, there's no title on the archway. It's dark inside. It's the same size as the other crypts you've encountered. Are you looking at? Go ahead, Hank. Sure, Hank will look. Okay. I mean, like we're still invisible except for Uleg. So right. Okay. I'll take so, it so, but you're all under. Like, how are you all invisible? You've got to stay like close to each other, right? Right. Uh, it's within ten feet, I think. <clears throat> okay. Uh, we're still all under the rope, but uh-huh. uh, I like so. I don't think. Really- and so you have your light source. And you're basically uh, a sphere of light moving, but there's nobody to be seen within this this lit area moving through the dungeon. Is that right? Um. Well, Uleg, do you have a light source? Do you have a torch or something? I've, I have my torch. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think do you guys think it would be the best idea to just have Uleg light the way so we're invisible and like really if, not letting if, ourselves if, be shown? Because otherwise, real quick, like, out of character, if we're gonna wrap this up, you've got an hour. <laughs> like we've right. got an hour. Figure can, out if you're if you're, what you're doing. I can go t- to ten thirty. Yeah, I, I I'll put my light source away and just to keep it, everybody on track, and let's just go to the last grip where we're pretty sure Strahd is. We can. We can pillage everything on our way out when he is dead. Yes, he's uh, he's already dead. He's undead. He's undead. What's the opposite of undead? Let's make him dead. Okay, so so we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna pass by that open crypt, and you're not gonna you're not gonna look at it. Okay, uh, Uleg will no. Uleg will prod Hank a little bit from the back of the line and just go. You know why we're here. Okay. So you pass by that crypt and you encounter another one that like basically that one would have been on your left hand side. Like basically you just like yeah. you're walking along the wall on your left of the crypt and then you get to what would be there's another crypt that's open in front of you. And this one has a title above it. It says St. Fenderway, Saint of Lost Travelers. And that's what's on the title above it. And it's open again. Would I have ever heard of this this saint this uh, uh, sanctified person in my uh, clerical studies? Uh, go ahead and roll three d six. Okay. All right. So three, six, and two. 
Eleven. Okay. Uh, and that's under your wisdom. So, yes. uh, you, uh, you do recognize this title. This is, uh, the archetype is like the wandering wise man. This is somebody, uh, that you would encounter on the road. And this saint is, uh, like, uh, you know, he's, he's, he is a, uh, a man, like he's he's an actual human, right? He's not like a demi human. He's not a fae folk, uh, but he is a mythical man that you would meet on the side of the road. And if you're lost, you know he'll point with a finger, you know, towards the direction that you would need to know. He's he's basically like the kind uh, the kind hand that helps you on the road. Like that's kind of the the archetype that we're going for here. Okay. So think about think about a Gandalfy type uh, wizened man on a pony as an archetype as well as the archetype of the, the, the friendly traveler and that's the saint that we're dealing with here okay can you tell me his name again uh, Saint Finderlay Finderway so F-I-N-D-E-R so Finder and then Way, way. Mm-hmm. okay okay um I'm going to mark this spot on the map that I'm drawing and uh-huh. intend to come back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you pass by that crypt and uh, there's one more crypt that is uh, in front of you and behind that crypt, you can see a far wall. And so the crypt that's in front of you, that's like the last stop. It says growl more nimber knobs. Uh and it, that's the name that's above the that's the name that's above the crypt, and it's it's open as well. It does not. It does not say Nimber Knobs. It does. Uh, I do. Ulek does a double take. <laughs> I didn't make these names up, man. This is the Hickmans. So <laughs> I know, I know. again, like I, I, do not, I do not. This is not uh, authentic uh, Borderlands flavor, but we're going with what's in the module. Sir Nimber Knobs. Yep. Okay. So Growlmore, Growlmore, nim, Number Knobs. I I would urge us to keep going unless someone has a burning desire to explore that. Crypt. So these crypts are open. They're they're inky black inside. If you've got a torch, you can look at them. You mm-hmm. might encounter some some monster or you know like on the other side you saw a corpse spilling out gold, a corpse that had like stacks of wine jugs all around it. Yeah. And you also saw like vampire wives too, that wanted to eat your soul. Yeah. At this, at this point, is it, is it uh, even worth it to go with the invisibility spell that we have? I mean, I think so. We still like, we're, it's keeping us safe except for Josh. Uh, Okay. We can, we can let like, if he can, Act as a distraction. We can all get like the jump on whoever tries to go after him. Yeah, I, I would. I would say let's pass past these crypts. Okay. The we know why we're here. Okay, okay. So you pass by that one. Now my question is: you're at the wall, like you hit the wall, and you've got your your light source. You're looking to your right. You basically see a corner to the edge of the the catacombs, and immediately to your left, you see inky blackness of stairs that would lead down, similar to what you saw for where you saw the 
the light and the the fires that were burning the pyres like the funeral pyres that were ever burning it's the same sort of set of steps similar to what you saw over there yeah. only there's no light where we found the shield um are we ready to go down into the inky blackness or do you guys want to investigate uh the the crack of doom I think we're supposed to head down. Um, yeah, we keep cracking doom. Let's let's go for it. Okay. And so, uh, so uh, my marching order here is not totally right. So we've got because you guys are all under the under the sheet. Are we still going? Grota, Brondo, Hank is the front that are like tied to the rope but invisible. Is that right? Are you guys in front of me, or am I in front of you? I guess if you're visible and have a light source, I would assume that you would be up front just because you're like the face of us invisible yeah. folk at this point. Yeah. Just, just switch Uleg to the front. Okay. Yeah, that's fine so, and so you're walking up to the stairs to drop down. Is that right? That's right. Okay. So Uleg, you are walking with your, with your torch and you get to a point where you've walked behind the crypt that you just like the, the one that was like Nimber Knobs or whatever the hell that guy's name was. <laughs> you get to the point where you're walking like through the squeeze of like the eight foot distance across mm-hmm. and, uh, you've kind of, you, you, you saw this happen, but you didn't actually experience it. So if this was another player, it might be easier to explain. But that whole teleportation thing that happened before? It happens to me. It happens to you. So you basically are walking, and then you are in inky blackness. Okay. okay? I don't have my so, torch anymore? Nope, you are without your torch. Okay. Uh, and you are you are without your torch, and now... We will go ahead and roll initiative. So, Groda, go ahead and roll Windy Six. The, those dudes are in darkness, too. Yeah, because nobody has a light. <laughs> I can just. I can yeah, chuck it Gro- across. Groda, Groda, roll 1d6. Okay, I got yeah. a 3. Okay. All right. And so I rolled a four. So, so my guy, I'll go first. So what you guys see, so not Uleg, everybody else basically see Uleg's entire trappings. Uh, what was once Uleg is now a withered, uh, dead, uh, bone white, thin, uh, creature. Like, as far as you can tell, this is, this may be Uleg's actual, <laughs> like, this may be Uleg. He may have just, like, become undead to you. Uh, and if you need, like, a basis of comparison, I would say, like, the, the character Eddie that's on all of the Iron Maiden records. Mm-hmm. So, like, like, look up any number of Iron Maiden record covers. And that's, that's <laughs> the face that's staring at you is this thing that's in Uleg's uh, uh, trappings, and he is attacking, and so even uh, dead style. Yeah, and so you guys are all invisible, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But there's and the the torch itself has fell down, uh, and it's on the ground. As is nice, <laughs> as has Uleg's weapon. So Uleg, you are naked. Just okay. So you are you are you are without clothes. 
uh, and you're in darkness. And we'll come back to you uh, here in just a second because we'll keep you in the combat so that you can kind of be be taking part in this. But the bottom line is the white has has taken taken mm-hmm. over your uh, your your body, uh, and so this character is going to attack and well he's gonna try to he's gonna try to attack right uh, I was gonna say can he see us Does that's that's the thing like I would say that he can't see you but he's like looking around and scanning and he's coming forward and he's like right on top of you guys so I think the way that we should resolve this is everybody needs to make a successful dex roll uh, for this thing not to bump into you, and you can see it. So go ahead and roll two d six, everybody. Uh, and if anybody fails their dex roll, he will basically find one of y'all. This is not you, like, but everybody right. else. So everybody else roll two d six. Okay. Six. Okay, that's under your deck, so you six. make it. Under your deck, so you yep. make it. Under my deck. Okay, so you guys are all able to like hug a wall as this fight <laughs> is like 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 wearing Uleg's clothes like comes comes past you uh and he's moved past you. Now that was his that was his actions. So we'll move back around and so Groda, uh Brondo and Hank, what do you guys do? You can just act as a group, because right now you're invisible and we'll play it that you need to like have some level of group decision, like group think going on here. Yeah. Hank, is there any sort of spell that you can do to, to get whatever that is out of Uleg? Is that, or is that Uleg? Do you know that? Is that Uleg? I have no idea. That's a, that's an Uleg question. He's the cleric. <laughs> that's an Uleg uh, question. I, do I, uh, is there like an intelligence check or something I could make? Like, do I know what this thing is? Have I ever encountered something like this? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and go, no, you you're you're into some some necromantic stuff. Roll three d six. You like have a Snickers. <laughs> Four eight twelve. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's under your intelligence. This this is not Uleg. You deduce with your with your highly observant acumen and your your close attention to Uleg's. Uh, skeletal structure and muscular composition and his overall <laughs> appearance that uh, that Uleg is a, is a much beefier character that what you saw slinking past you is a bit smaller in the armor than Uleg was so even aside from the withered nature of this this creature that is not Uleg's like physical body mm. that's in, in there uh, and then point the second this fits the bill of what would be described as a white W I G H T uh, within some of the uh, the readings that you've done whenever you were able to get down to red spam. Uh, do I know anything about them besides like it's an undead thing? Like I, it, it, I presumably don't know how it took over his. Yeah, form. it's uh, it's an undead spirit, uh, and it's 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 not a zombie. It doesn't want to eat brains. It is ultimately uh, a damned thing. That can only be harmed by magic or like magical materials, i.e., silver. Uh, 
and uh, so more more of a ghoul. And it, it is a it is a sap sucker. So if it touches you, it's it's kind of a ghoul, but it doesn't want to eat your flesh. It want to eat. Mm-hmm. It wants to eat your soul. So that's okay. actually that's a good comparison. If you if you said that out loud, like mm-hmm. uh, uh, Hank responds, well, kind of. It's it's gonna sap our our. It's going to sap our psychic energies if it gets its hands on us. Okay, it doesn't know that we're here. Can can you guys just want to smash it in the back? I mean, I guess we could. This would be a good use of uh, like the free the free round. We're going to get some invisibility because without if if Uleg was here, I would say let's just keep going and sneak past it and deal with it. But Uleg is not here, and I wonder if. We kill it if he'll come back. So I right. think we've got to, I think we've got to drop the invisibility. You guys, uh, uh, Roberta is, both of you have magic weapons, right? right. The we hammer do. and the axe? We do. Okay. I have, I have a couple minutes. I'd, I'd like to save most of my magic for straw mm-hmm. when we get to him, but I could, I could throw a magic missile at him mm-hmm. if you guys all want to hang up on this thing and try to take it out. Grota, you want to go high or go low? I'll go low. All right. Fire axe time. Okay. Ice hammer. So, so you guys are going to attack, basically. So let's gear that up, and let's go. Let's go over to Uleg, and you guys will have the drop on it for like two consecutive rounds. That's how we'll play it. But I want to. I want to rope uh, Josh back into this. So Uleg, so you are in utter darkness, but more to the point, when you teleported, you are now like laying on your back, and you feel cold stone. Because you're you're bare ass naked. You've got like mm. your 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 hairy ass, your hairy legs, your hairy back, your hairy head. Everything is on cold stone. That's what you're feeling right now, and you get the sense from your heavy breathing because it was a bit freaky with that whole teleportation. Like you feel like you you feel this is a close space that you're in. Um, I'm gonna put my hands up, uh-huh. uh, kind of forward. Yep, and see if I feel anything. You are, blind you, here. you are, you are in a, you are in a casket. You are in a tomb. Like the, you are clearly inside of a stone casket. Okay. Like, um, I'm going to try a sepulcher. Yeah. Sepulcher. <laughs> I'm going to try and push away the lids with all of my might. Remembering the last time when we tried to open one of these things, how tough it was. Mm-hmm. So the way that we will play this is just go ahead and give me a 3d6 and okay. get, it, get it with your strength. Get a strong on it. Gotta be strong. Why do I always roll so high when it's a strength roll? Uh, I rolled 14 and my strength is 14. Okay, so you made it. So <laughs> it, you you are pushing... And you are, you're not doing Uma Thurman bride punches. You're like trying to like push as hard as you can, like with your fists. Yeah. And, uh, you get the sense that it slides a little bit. And so you're able to ultimately strong arm this thing so that you are able to get some momentum and you push it off to the side and it topples over onto the floor. And it is the loudest, uh, shatter. Like it is. I don't know, like what? It's a uh, it's a stone lid to a coffin mm-hmm. that would be, I guess it would be the equivalent of like a big headstone falling from a height of like three or four feet. That thing would probably crack, right? 
Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, yeah. so like this big ass stone slab falls and it cracks a couple times over. So the sound of that of that huge rock falling and smashing and breaking apart a couple ways, that's what you hear. It's it's quite thunderous, but automatically you feel freer because you can actually feel the air in your face. And again, you're other, you're naked. These other guys presumably heard that as well. Uh, so now, so we'll, so that's, that was basically your action. I, yeah, I'm going to do that and I'm going to sit up if I can yep. sit up. So you can, you can totally do that. And then we'll basically, that'll be the end of the, the end of your actions, just so you kind of know what the situation is mm-hmm. now back with the group. Uh, everybody here, uh, you guys hear a dull crash and it's basically, it's back the way that you came. You don't know where it came from, but it's like crypts over. Okay, you hear that bang that happens, and the white turns his head towards that sound. And so it has basically heard that sound, but you guys basically wanted to use your attack here to get the drop on it, right? Because you're able right. to get one one free attack, and then we'll cycle back around, and you'll get to attack again. Is that true? Yeah, because yeah, so, it had double- already gone past us. Yep. So double attacks, and we said that Groda and Brondo were both wanting to hit this thing. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, so uh, you guys recall in our last session and the session before I talked to you about Thaco, is that right? So you should have Thaco written down on your sheet. So, John, you want to roll your d20. Four. Okay. (laughs) And do you have any bonuses to your weapon? It's a plus one, is that right? My weapon. Or it's a plus two. I've never used it before, so I don't know. It is. It is. A, it is. It is a plus two magical weapon. Yeah. Yeah, that's what but, mine is. And, and then what is your what is your strength bonus? Plus three. Okay, so you got a two plus three is five, and you rolled a four, so you got nine, right? Right. And now you have seventeen, correct? Correct. Is your Thaco. so seventeen minus nine is. Eight. So you hit an armor armor class eight, okay? And an armor class eight is not going to be good enough to hit this thing. So, but but with that, but that's how it works, right? So you roll your d twenty and you subtract it from Thaco, and that's what you hit. So what happens that's, as I swing my axe at this thing? You you swing and you whiff, oh, <laughs> and, and 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 you just didn't hit. So we'll go ahead and we'll. We'll go over to Brondo. So, Brondo, go ahead and roll. It's because I'm nervous right. about using the fire axe for the first time. All right. I rolled a seven, uh-huh. and then plus two um, for the Warhammer, the magic Warhammer. Mm-hmm. Brings you up to nine. Do you got a strength bonus? <coughs> uh, strength plus one, and then I have Hulk, which is plus two to melee damage. Okay, so that's plus three. So a nine plus three is twelve, right? 17 minus 12 equals 5, so you hit this thing. Okay, so you actually hit it uh, because you have all kinds of bonuses. Now you would roll damage, and so what is the damage for your thing? Uh, 1d8. Okay, so roll d8 and plus 2 and then plus all of your other bonuses. It's it's plus 2 to this magic, but then also your other bonuses. Okay. 3. So three plus okay. uh, two is five, plus two is seven. Okay, cool. So, got it. All right. 
So you take a swipe at this thing, and you have a fiery we- or an icy weapon, right? Like this, right? And have- I was go, I was going low, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you, <laughs> yeah. you, you blast one of the kneecaps of this thing, and you basically take its leg, take its leg out. Only it's wearing Uleg's material. So Uleg, mm-hmm. what, what exactly were you wearing? Um, I had a. Oh, it's on the next page. <laughs> Mm-mm-mm. I had scale mail okay. and I would have been uh, carrying a torch. So presumably, uh-huh. I don't know if this thing would still the have torch, the torch. Or the not. torch got dropped. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, a belt with my hammer hooked onto it and uh-huh. a, a like a, a rucksack sort of thing with all of my other various adventuring right. materials and a holy symbol around my neck. So I don't know how that works with this guy. So now you have like spindly, like this thing is a little bit spindly within everything that Uleg was wearing. So you hit that scale mail and it gives a little bit just on the basis of like there's not enough body yeah, to actually fill loose. it. But it also bends at a, at a totally awkward angle that doesn't make sense <laughs> on the basis of like how it would be able to stand. Uh, somehow this thing keeps itself half-assed together. But you just uh, basically like disconnected the leg inside of the inside <laughs> inside of the armor. Ooh. Yep. <laughs> yep. So that was that. And then Hank, are you going to do anything? Uh, no, I don't have any magic weapon. Okay. Unless this starts, so, so I really want to hold off on. So this thing, okay. So this thing then looks around and it's looking. And is the the invisibility broken now with actions or? Yeah. Okay. As soon as they attack, they're they're back being visible. So if if I don't do anything, I'm still invisible. And you guys get a free attack, basically. So now we're rotated back around, and it's its turn. So it can see you. And Groda is the closest, so it's going to reach out and try to try to attack him. And basically, it's attacking with its bone white, tattered fingertips, and it wants to put its hands on you. And so, let's see here. Okay. All right. So this thing can clearly see you at this point, Groda, and it reaches out with its hands and it just like swipes, but you're able to like move out of its range because it's half ass like standing up at this point. Like one of its legs is knocked out and it just can't get it, get its hand out to reach you. So knowing that we're back around. And so Groda, what are you going to do? Are you going to hit this thing? Chop off his arm. Yep. So go ahead and swing. So roll your D20. Oh yeah, <laughs> all of the things. Or so twenty-four. Yep, and so that you hit. Like, so let's just reason this out. So twenty-four, like, so seventeen minus twenty-four, you hit way down low. So you're able to like smack the like this. You would be able to hit a very powerful or heavily armored character or creature with that kind of roll. So you did that. Go ahead and roll your damage, and so uh, it's going to be pl- at a minimum plus two plus your strength modifier. Uh, what are you using? The fire axe. Your axe. Yeah, no, your axe, it's a battle axe, so do it 1d8. Yeah. 7 plus my strength? 
and the other thing, right? So, mm-hmm. yep. uh, 12. Okay, shit, yeah, you hit this thing, and you just, you damn near cleave it in two, uh, and it is, it's it's still there, it's standing, but, like, when I say standing, it's, like, on one knee, and, like, an arm is, like, hanging off, and that's what it's doing. So, Brondo, are you gonna finish it? Yep. Alright, so go ahead and swing it away. I rolled a five. Okay, that probably doesn't hit. Uh, Five, six, seven, eight. Um, yeah. Yep, so, so that doesn't hit because it's seventeen minus eight. So right. Yeah. So you don't do it. Yeah. So so it, you you whiff. Uh, and then uh, so we're back around. Uh, Hank, are you going to do anything? Okay. Nope. So um, uh, nope. Too late. We're good. Uleg, uh, what are what are you doing at this point? You are you're sitting up and you're in the darkness. Um, sitting up, looking, scanning for any source of light at all. You don't Do see, see any light. anything. Okay. You don't, you don't see anything. Uh, if you listen, you might you might hear the dullest of sounds. Like you get a sense of like where an entrance might be, but it's it's total dark. So you would have to like climb out of this crypt and start war- walking in the darkness. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to climb yeah. out. Uh, very slowly sort of lift myself up out of the, the casket thing that I'm in and uh, kind of swing. I guess I'll swing. So is the sound coming from my left or my right? Uh, it's coming from your feet. Okay. So you sit okay. up. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So I'll swing to my left and sort of uh, if I, uh, unless I'm like just falling into a pit, yeah. Like do it. No, do it. it's it, no, it's all it's all like there's solid ground. It's stone okay. as far as you can feel. Okay, and then I'm gonna crouch down mm-hmm. so that I can feel the ground in front of me. Oh, okay, gotcha. Right, so I'm not just like walking. Right, I'm, I'm trying to avoid stepping into anything. So I'm gonna crouch down and kind of duck walk mm-hmm. across this room and put my hands out in front of me on the floor. Smart, yeah. And okay. was your and just walk- your bag swinging? Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm leaving presumably a, a foot, footprints and a, a trail in the dust. <laughs> so that's a good plan. You're able to make your way to the like. We'll just basically say the door of this crypt. You're still like in total inky blackness, but you hit a wall and you're able to sort of deduce where where the door is, and you're at that now. And now that you're there, you can hear. Uh, the sounds of Groda and Brondo like shouting because they're now visible and they're taking swings at this white. Okay. Okay. So I don't know how much more I can do, but I'm going to mm-hmm. like from, from yeah. here on just sort of move toward them in the same way until yeah. I can see at yeah, least so in, in the dim torch light or whatever light source they're, yeah, they're so fighting by the light of the torch that the thing dropped. Right. That's right, and they're kind of like at the periphery of that too. So you can't necessarily see them, but you've made your way outside, and you're now back within the catacomb network. Uh, and so that'll be it. So we'll move back around. So this thing is going to take one more swipe at Groda. Okay, so similarly, it's down. It just can't get good uh, a good foothold, and it swipes, and it's not able to, to, to hit. So, Groda, we're back around to you. Are you going to finish this thing off? Crunch it. All right. D20 from Thaco with your modifiers. All right. Okay. Cumulatively, I rolled a 19. So, 92. Yep. 
Okay, yeah, you did it. And then go ahead and roll your damage. You'll do it. Four, five, nine. Uh, you cleave this thing's head, and and Whoa. the axe itself, it's almost as if it, like, it's not charged up, but it is hot in your hands, and it is starting to take like a reddish glow and sheen along the blade edge. And you recall back when you were, you seemingly a bit younger. I mean, it wasn't that, that much longer, like back, like you're not an old man. You're still a young, you're still a young person, but you recall earlier days when you, uh, when you use this thing and you were able to channel basically like an attack, right? Like you had like a, like a fire attack. Is that right? Or did you ever do it? I've never used it before. Oh, okay. Well, so 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 that was that was what Justin's character experienced. Like once you cleaved a tree in, t- in twain with with a lightning bolt that shot out of this thing, like you were right. channeling. Yeah, that's what John starts to feel here. So so uh, definitely, Grota, you get the sense that if you wanted to just like put like put it put your all into this thing. Uh, like it, it's not just made of fire; it would shoot fire. Right now, or if I you if, it up. if you wanted, to, if you took another swing, you probably could just light this play up, place up. I'm gonna do it right right now. No, I so I can't just, store it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have to do it right now. Like, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's you don't get. It's not a battery. You just feel like you've you've figured out how to use this thing, and and it has, uh, like it, it's almost as if it's feeding off of like the emotional inputs that you're putting into it. Like if you're fighting and you're feeling like the the fight itself. You're able to like channel your energy into this thing. And the energy that this thing has at its disposal is like pure pyro pyrochemical fury. Yeah. That that's a good band name. <laughs> pyrochemical fury. Oh, this must be what Perun feels like. <laughs> so with that, the uh, the white has fallen, and we can go ahead and move out of initiative. Uh, so uh, Uleg, you are walking on your hands and knees, but once you come out of the crypt, you realize that you can stand back up and quickly you deduce like you're able to hear like over your left shoulder and going around one of the the catacombs. You're basically like a catacomb. I'm sorry. I'm using the wrong term. You're like a tomb away from them. You're not that far away. So you can get back to them relatively easily now. Yeah, I'm going to jog toward them. Okay, you you jog up <laughs> naked as a jaybird. Yep, not ashamed of anything. Oolang, <laughs> something <am> happened. <laughs> just as God made me, sir. Yes. What happened? Uh, Hank, Rhoda absolutely Hank. smashed this uh, this this thing that took your clothes, man. Hank, Hank, what did you do? I didn't do anything. It seems like you Hank disappeared. Ma- this seems like <laughs> Hank magic to me. <laughs> you're know, the cleric you know it. it's a white you've seen these I look down <laughs> at the creature that's wearing my clothes and I sigh because it's going to take a while to strip this thing and put all my clothes back on and uh, they're going to be they're going to be funky it will have some funk uh, you can uh, go ahead and do that uh, and we can just we can just skip ahead like as far as 
you can shake this dead thing out of your armor and and get it. And if you want to leave like your uh, your under your under underwear in there, you know, you can basically don just the outer layers of clothing so that you don't necessarily have to have the crypt the crypt rot. <laughs> I don't want crypt rot. So no. yeah, anything that anything that's dripping with uh, ichor. Or, or any other fluid? Uh, yeah, I'm discarding right. the white. The white musk. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you've now been up. You've now been outfitted back, and you are along the wall of of the the crypt. And again, ahead there are the steps in inky blackness that lead down. We're basically back to where we started before. Okay, let's not do that again. So Hank three, uh, three of us are visible, right? Hank is invisible. Hank is yeah. invisible and just like hanging out. <laughs> okay. But Hank also was one of the people that was teleported back by the last staircase, right? Oh, that's right. So maybe it won't work the same way on him. Yeah. I mean, so I am invisible. If you guys want to take like my little metal glow stick and just like chuck it up the hallway, I can move to the edge of that light and just check it out while you guys stay back. I'm not sure how to scout using invisibility but needing a light source. Right, no, it kind of negates like, you yourself are not a target, but clearly there is a light source that is being yeah. thrown off. We'll do it with a tight spiral. <laughs> Ooh, no. How about this? I got this rope. <laughs> what if I tie the like the rope pull it like ten feet behind me so it's I'm in like I can see using it but it's, uh so are you gonna try to like throw the the uh the light source down the stairs is that what you're doing or just get it to the stairs I I'm not sure I'm just pitching ideas because I want to use this invisibility to the best of our abilities not just charge in okay. but have. I'm the only one in this school anymore, so I'm in the All right, I heard that Grota wants to throw the glow stick, so Grota, you, you take the glow stick out of Hank's hands. Is that is that okay, Hank? That's All right, well, and also, so... Grota, also, Grota, man, you're looking a little, like, you got you got some fire in your eyes, man. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. You are uh, yeah. popped up. You're amped. He's like... His, he is. Like, his, you can see, like, his uh, his... Like whatever that connection between like shoulder yeah. and neck, those muscles, they're like almost pulsing. The dude, the dude might be growing like physically, <laughs> like he might be. <laughs> so I, I can say, I can see, I can see Hank just sort of raising up slowly this glow stick and then just grabs it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so uh, so go ahead, Groda, and roll three d six, and it needs to be under your decks. Or equal to. It is equal to my dexterity. <laughs> All right. So you're able to. You you are you uh, you bend it like Beckham. You you throw it with your left your left hand. I don't know if you're a lefty or a righty, but you're able to like sling this thing with your left hand, and it's and it and it hits like the far wall of the staircase, and it sort of bounces back. So now you're like illuminating the staircase going down. So now there's like light, 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 light coming back out of this this staircase, and there's nothing between you and that staircase. It is is clear. Check it out, Hank. I'm gonna go down. 
down there and check it out to the best of my abilities. Okay, so Hank is invisible. Hank, uh, he's he's kind of doing that creepy, like like vampire glide because he's wearing his magic shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, invisible, like you guys know what's happening, even though you can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Hank, so you get up to this to the staircase, and it basically goes down. One like you can tell it's a comparable distance to what you guys went down previously, but it's one single long descent. So there's a single dark staircase that's going down the span of like a couple stories into the ground. And that's that's okay. what you see in front of you. Inky blackness. Uh I guess I'll I'll pick up the light stick and just give it another chuck. Okay. You throw it down um, there, and uh, you're able to throw it down into whatever the, like the the landing that's there. The it hits, it's still within eyesight, and it illuminates an earthen floor, uh, and it's dark all around. Like, like there's just this little light source in a, in the patch of dirt and nothing else. That's right, and the fact that it's dirt is different. This is, uh, this is, you've, you've hit, you've hit the, the, the bottom. <laughs> you've yeah. bottomed out here because it dawns on you that you, you see stone all around you. The entire catacombs have been stone, but you're able to tell that that torch is on an earthen floor. Well, can, uh, I, I guess I'll just keep descending to the bottom of the stairs. Do the guys up top, up like they presumably mm-hmm. see like, they're outside of the distance of the light source, but they'll see a speck of light in the middle of the darkness, like being flung to out there further. No, they, they so they're like around the corner, so they don't see. Like, are Uh-oh. you guys are you guys going up to the the land or going up to the stairs? Yeah, I mean, I, I would assume that we would follow Hank. Uh-huh. So, so, all, so that he could so that he could holler back what was down there. Okay. So yeah. all three of you are nodding assent. So you all pass by the spot where Uleg teleported from, and nothing happens. Oh, great! So you're all you all pass that point, and Uleg it dawns on you. You're like, oh, that <laughs> thank, thank thank God. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, we would you, have all been stacked up naked in that uh, tiny <laughs> <laughs> tiny coffin. <laughs> <laughs> so you're at the, the top of the stairs looking down and you can see way down, like a couple a couple stories down, the torch is like on the ground, and that's all you see, because of course you don't see Hank because he's invisible. Yeah. Guys, this is, this is a dirt floor. I think do you think this is the bottom? It has to be. It could be. Are you gonna smell like anything? Do we do we is there anything that immediately so you we all notice. you all descend you descend a couple a couple flights of stairs and Hank I'm taking it that you actually descend to the base level also so everybody walks down the the stairs to the point where you put your feet on the bare earth of of this of this room and so darkness clouds the entirety of this room and it it just feels uh dark if there's <laughs> like it's, mm-hmm. it's not only dark it feels dark this is a damned place the ground itself is like a dark 
earth. So it's it's there's a there's a tint of, of brownishness, but I don't know. It's like it's hard packed, right? It's not like mm-hmm. raw, fresh tilled earth. This is like uh, dark, dark brown clay that has dried and now is almost like a blackish kind of color so it's hard packed that's what you see there on the on the ground so it smells of just the earth it's like fresh earth is what's in your nostrils all around you uh the room itself is uh longer like the 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 torch that's in front of you does not illuminate the far recess or the far wall of this room, but it does illuminate the two side walls. And so the, the, the two side walls are just straight and very nicely carved. Uh, the ceiling itself is domed, but it's carved into uh, like there's, there's stonework along the, the ceiling and the walls. But the, the ground is earthen. So you are on the, actual like ground here and you can't see what's on the far recess but of course the thing that conquers and just dominates the room is the black coffin that's the centerpiece that's just uh 10 or 15 strides in front of you oh crap you like do you have all your clothes back on yeah i've been uh I've been doing the thing where you like you're trying to walk, but you're putting your shoes on at the same time to to get my boots on uh, as we go down the steps. So, yeah. uh, like is um, uh, is there is you know again, um, I'm I'm fully uh, realizing that this is it. Uh, is there any blessings that you can give us? Um, there, there is one. Yeah, hold on just a second. Let me let me look it up. Let Josh look it up. Who like knows, but Josh doesn't. <laughs> I got the magic specs. Good question. Do I see any green glows in here? It is. It is. uh, Like, so uh, you know how it's going to make people high. The the coffin itself has like the seam of where the lid would like fit down on it. You see like ectoplasmic green like along the seam. So. There's like some blindingly brilliant exoplasmic light inside this coffin that's like, you know, been shuttered. Guys, I found him. Yeah, I, I, I think we know that, Hank. Um, just, just putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me grab my book real quick. Sorry, uh, sorry, okay. up a spell. Don't kiss him, Hank. I think at this point, invisibility isn't going to help. Um, so before we get into anything, I'm going to cast haste on the part. Uh, like when, while Josh is do- casting his yep. blessing, um, because it lasts for half, half an hour, and that shit is going to be super helpful. Right on. Yeah, yeah. So let's get our up because we know, know he's in there. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got to wait until we start fighting. Uh, before I cast okay. this, otherwise it won't last very long. Uh, okay. But I, I have Bless, which will give us all plus one for morale, and plus one on all attack and damage rolls. Okay. Yep. So so whenever combat begins, that's going to be the spell that I open up with. Okay. So I can't so, do it yet. Otherwise, It only lasts six turns, 
uh-huh. and a turn is like what um, uh, I don't I don't even know in in uh, rule cyclopedia D and D in terms of how much time a a turn lasts. Yeah, I think it's still like the six to ten seconds. Like it's okay. it's a short it's a short period of time, so it's like a minute. Yeah. yeah. So, so I want to okay. I want to wait until we okay. get into combat. Oh, with it. Sorry, it says for haste. It says duration of three turns, and that is half an hour. I think a turn is ten minutes. Ten minutes. Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, okay. the the older editions have weird, weird yeah. time, time frames for turns. Oh no, that makes sense. Yeah, everything's in increments of ten minutes because if you're like searching, it's like a ten a ten by ten area takes ten minutes to search like thoroughly. That kind of stuff. So, okay. It's, it's funny. This has never come up for us before. <laughs> but did Hank say out loud like that? Turn, turns are 10 minutes. Turns are 10 minutes. So I so this will last an hour. So I am going to go ahead and cast Bless on all of us. And so I'm going to touch my holy symbol and uh, reach out to the uh, party with my, with my hand. And I'm going to say uh, Perun is with us. We fight with his light. Okay. So, uh, sorry. Just to repeat it, what were the benefits of that? Uh, plus one to attack rolls and plus one to damage. Okay. So, uh, what do you guys do outside of casting those spells? Who's walking up? Are you guys going to open the coffin? What What's going to go on? Rondo, do you All right. Bash brothers on this thing and like shoot it with both of our. I our think we should. Okay. I think we should. Just haste gives you double the movement and double the number of attacks. Right. So you guys get to a place around. Okay. So how about it? Fire. Mm-hmm. will shoot lightning. Sounds good. Okay, so you guys are both of you are approaching the coffin. As you approach this coffin, you see that like it is. Uh, it's black in color. It's very glossy. It's 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 like finished wood. Like this is mm. uh, some very dark wood that has been stained and oiled, such that is just like a a, a, a fine sheen that you're seeing here. Okay, and uh, there's brilliant brass fittings. Like you see hinges hinges on two sides, so it's pretty clear that this thing flips open, right? Uh, it's just, it's shut. Let's destroy All right. All right. Frodo, which, so, which side you want to get hinged side? And then I'll go unhinged side. Yes. Or should we just both stand next to each other and go at it like that? <laughs> we can't cross the streams. Okay. But I, so you I guys just, are, you guys are both on the unhinged side so you can flip the hit, like flip it and then you'll see right. whatever, whatever's in there. Right. 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 So, uh, so you, you're there, you've got your weapons at the ready and, uh, Grota reaches down with his left hand and he sort of like opens the coffin and it doesn't take a lot because again, it's finally made this wood here. So you're able to flip this thing open. Uh, and so, uh, Hank, if you have your goggles on at this point, you're like momentarily blinded just because of the brilliance <laughs> of the, the ectoplasmic green that screams out of this thing. It's, it's, it's just the same issue is the being of the throne room where you could see there was something so bright on the other side, right? So, uh, you flip this thing 
open and you see Strahd. He is the same vampire that you fought previously in the throne room, only he is at rest. His his face is slack, his eyes are closed, and his his hands are crossed like this. But he's he's as you uh, saw him previously. Um, well, I'm gonna put my arm out in front of everybody. Like, hold. On. No, you're not there. You 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 and Uleg are back. You're not at the coffin. Okay. The only two guys that are at the coffin are Groda and Brondo. Yeah. So Groda, Groda, and like, but but that said, like you, again, screaming green color you know what's there hank so do yeah, you want yeah. to say do you need to say or do anything like to, to to help these guys out or what do you want to do i was just gonna like i i see what's gonna happen and i'm just gonna go wail on him and be like oh shit like it just it occurs to me like you guys need to stake him first like don't wail on him just drive a stake through him we like we've we've we tried doing that with with uh before but uleg can't you didn't want to use a stake so, just I don't know. He's laying there. Just do it. We yeah. We don't have any stakes prepared. I don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't know if you guys do. I have my Can sharpened I, great club. Did, yep. There you go. I was going to say sharpened great club. Uh, yeah. So are you going to shout out to me to stake like, him? Yeah. And and so I'll ask a, a leading question here uh, for Brondo, but I think he knows the answer to this. What kind of weapon are you holding in your hands? I have a hammer. So, Grota, are you going to stop me from your club? Fire in this place, guy's face. Place your place your sharpened club over his sternum, and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. Gr- All right, I'll Grota, do you know what a sternum is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I put it over his nose first. That's perfect. No, yes. not there. Further down. Yeah, yeah. Here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's his private parts. Uh. All right, I'm gonna John Henry it. Okay, so uh, so he's he is like he's sleeping the sweet sleep of death because that's what vampires do during the day, right? Uh, and you're gonna put the stake straight into him. So that's that's what that's what's gonna happen here. So uh, okay, I, there's no reason to roll like dan- like an attack here. Right, like you, you can do this, uh, and it's so. So we'll go ahead and do this, and uh, I guess my question for Brondo is, what do you think magically your uh, your icy your icy hammer would do, like to the uh, to the stake, like as it punctures his his skin? Uh, it's going to freeze it and turn it into ice shards. Okay. Um. Oh man. I didn't even think. I didn't even think what? if there was a way that left, if like Uleg could have blessed it. And uh, well, he's, and he's yeah, we're all blessed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're, that's right. You're, that's right. You're blessed. All are right. blessed. You're well, I was thinking blessed. of like like if, if the ice could become holy water. <laughs> I think that's I think that's acceptable. I mean, I think that would be part of part of what would happen here, right? Yeah. So. Uh, so reading like uh, for vampires in the the basic, a vampire can be destroyed by driving a wooden stake through its heart or by immersion in running water for one turn. 
If a vampire is exposed to direct sunlight, the creature must make a saving throw versus death ray. So I'm going to rule here. Like, if you guys can, like, do this, you're going to effectively kill this thing. Like, you're, we're, like, we're going to be able to circumvent combat if you stake him in the heart. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, it's going to be a grueling death for this son of a bitch because he's, like, the king of the vampires, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you've, you've essentially got him here. You've got the drop on him and you're able to do this. Uh, so, so my question would be like, as soon as you drive the, uh, the stake into his heart and it starts icing his body, like from the, from the Mm -hmm. center outward, uh, it's clear that he's going down. He's going to be struggling and flailing this, this fellow, uh, Uleg and Hank, do you come forward? Uh, Uleg will hang back. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna hang back, but also take a step away from from Uleg as well, because like that fireball hurt last time, and I think <laughs> yeah, this right. worked. But like, <laughs> who knows if like he may not go down right away. If he can get a fireball off, I don't want us to be caught together. Yeah, again. yeah. And so, and I'm gonna draw my hammer. Uleg draws mm-hmm. his hammer, and one hand begins to glow with holy light, just in case he needs to heal someone quickly mm-hmm. to keep them from dying. So you guys, the guys on the front line, Groda and Brondo, you see these two actions taking place. So as Strahd starts to like freeze from the inside out and starts to flail about, and he's hissing, of course, he's he's almost serpentine with his movements. Uh, are you staying there to watch this, or are you going to retreat? I want to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I do not fear death. I welcome oblivion, so I want to make sure that the deed is okay. done. Okay. Fiery anger. Yeah, I I hope Ula gets to to uh, save everyone from dying again. <laughs> <laughs> so I've never I've never seen Frostburn in real life, but I can imagine. I mean, I, I've seen like images of like what dead like frozen flesh looks like. Mm-hmm. That's what slowly starts to creep from the the inside out of the chest cavity of Strahd and. Uh, he's flailing, but he's not leaving his coffin. Uh, it becomes apparent that he's not going to leave his coffin once it reaches his throat, and he starts kicking his head back, trying to like keep the uh, the, the the freezer burn from working its way right. up. Grow to get your head. <laughs> so, so at the ready, this thing is ba- this thing is basically freezing through the whole way up, and that's what's going to happen unless you want to do anything else. No, we, enjoy head, this, we, we enjoy seeing him turn into a popsicle. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. This thing basically. But once uh, he's frozen, yes, take his head, please. Okay. You want me to so, cut his head off? Yeah. It takes it takes a little bit more time, but ultimately. Yeah. Strahd is basically frozen through, and you guys have successfully put a stake in the heart of this of this being. And you want me to chop his head off, Brando? Yes. I'm gonna look to Uleg for like for confirmation. Not big nod. <laughs> it is the way. Do it. It is the Do way. Do it. <laughs> take that take that fiery blood rage and separate his head from his torso. And, and be really descriptive. How does how does Grota do this? He's gonna think about Arena and he's gonna think about the fact that maybe this will save her and forgive him for threatening to destroy her body when 
when Strahd was there before, like this is a very forgiving act for him. It's like a, a redemption arc that he gets to destroy the vampire's head. Mm-hmm. So you're able to bring <laughs> to bring this battle axe down, and it slices with it's like it's like a knife, like a hot knife through butter, yeah. uh, and it and it's it, a fire axe through ice. <laughs> you're able to cleanly sever the head of this zombie from its corporeal body. So you now have and and it's like lanky hair. Like I don't know, like uh like let's say like v, like Vigo, like uh like Vigo Mortensen. Like that's that's kind of the straw that I'm going for, like Aragorn mm-hmm. hair, like it's it, it, but you could easily grab the hair and like and 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 take the head of this 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 vampire. I hold it up and show it to the party. I'm Uleg is in shock. He can't believe he can't believe it was this easy. He can't believe it. Now put the head it's, on the ground. It's shocking. I'm going to smash it again. I set it down <laughs> by Brando. I want not, to smash his face again. Nothing okay. but but Perunic war chants from <laughs> Uleg. <laughs> so so you're bringing your hammer down on top of it. Boom. Yep. Uh, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, Dippin' Dots or like frozen ice cream or something <laughs> that's been like, uh, like frozen <laughs> with liquid nitrogen. It shatters into... Oh no, like, it, it's it, like in Jason X in space when he dips the yes. chick's face yeah. in the... <laughs> in the liquid nitrogen yep. and then yeah. smashes it. Yeah. yeah. And it, it shatters around. <laughs> yep. You're He's done. You take his head. No more. Now set fire to this coffin. I, uh, All right. Yeah, let's destroy it. Every right. every last inch of Strahd's memory ha- uh, has to be purged from the land. Yep. You know a guy that can cast a spell that can that can do that. Oh man. Broda's gonna start. Let's. He's gonna like leave this scene. He's gonna start running back towards Irina. Oh, okay. So, so you leave the rest of the party. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a torch or anything to see with? Is your axe on fire? You just hold it out. <laughs> no, uh, I, I guess I don't. I probably fall down and, and bust my frog-like nose. So you're like, cl- like clamoring up the steps, doing that. But you do. You sort of slip and fall, and it that slows you enough that the rest of the party catches up. Hank, are you going to torch this? Yeah, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna look back and realize what, what he's doing, and be like, oh shit! Like it dawns on him, like I need to get back to Arena as well, like be there to check on her. But also, uh, he's gonna cast a fireball on that coffin just to make sure, because like this shit got done. Yep. Uh, so he's so you're easily in this room you can total you can you can fireball the entirety of this room and it's it's well set up for that even like at the base of the stairs you can just you can just raise the the coffin and the associated materials there okay so uh so you fireball go ahead i mean uh if you like we don't we don't need to roll any damage because the, the deed is done. But let's suffice to say you've you've incinerated all of the remains of Strahd. Uh, not only is his head gone, but the rest of his body is gone. 
Uh, and if you want to stick around for to to, to to verify that, you can. Uh, but it seems like uh, Grodo wants to get up the stairs and get towards Arena. So, uh, well, uh, if, if we find Arena and Bash, then I think that's verification enough. Uh, okay. So you guys, you guys get up to Arena's coffin or or, or her her uh, crypt. Are you guys all together then? Yeah, yeah. You're, sure. you're, you're making a beeline. You guys all get there, and as you're as, as you get there, you see Arena again. She's in her like white linen uh, shift. She's laying there. Uh, she's generally white colored. And again, she's got the bite marks on her neck, but it's weird because you guys saw her torch to a cinder before. But she's that's where she's at. Uh, I'll approach her and uh-huh. kind of pull her lips away from her teeth uh-huh. and investigate to see if her fangs are still present. Nope. She's, she has uh, regular regular fangs. Or regular... She's, <laughs> she's fang-free. Fangless? Fang, I, fang-free. I check for a pulse. There's a weak pulse that's, that's, that's coursing through her body. I, I look at my, my friends and, and smile and say, she's alive. Uh-huh. Then let's go. So she's she's still asleep or out of a comatose, <laughs> something like that. Uh Uleg, will you are you gonna try to revive her or anything, or is Groda gonna throw her over her shoulder? What are you guys gonna do? Uh I'll let Groda decide. I'm gonna pick her up. We're gonna start getting out of here. Okay. So do we want to go? Do we want to go maybe check that big skeleton that had all the gold spilling out of it first? We could be very well set. <laughs> She's not going anywhere. <laughs> maybe we should leave her here to rest and recuperate for a little bit. <laughs> uh, what what no. do you got? Whatever you guys think. No, we were, we were we were sent here for a job, and that job was to retrieve this woman. I'm gonna pick. By the by, the collar, <laughs> and, and be like, "We're getting out of here. This is over." I, Hank, just for a second, he's like, "Hold that!" So he's gonna. Hank's gonna run down to the the last tomb where the other wife was. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, well, killed her. Um, Hank's gonna realize that she's dead when he gets there. He's gonna go over to the one where the spectral wife was, like the the banshee or whatever. Yeah. Is there anything there? Is she gone? It's 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 blackness inside. You would have to walk in and investigate. Uh, Hank's gonna walk in. <laughs> it's quiet. Okay. It's not. It, it, there's no body there though. Like she doesn't recorporealize. No. Okay. Okay. Hank's Hank's satisfied. Go ahead and roll three d six. All Hank. of us are just no, uh, just Hank. Uh, nine. That's under your intelligence, right? Yep. There's one other person that you should rescue. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Oh, we need to go back shit. upstairs. Yeah. So you guys are going up the spiral staircase. 
Yeah. Uh, Caref- you, carefully. You, yeah. You get back up to that spiral staircase and recall you actually went through the, uh, like through the, the room up at, like through the roof up into like the next level. Mm. Is that what you're doing again? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, we still just to be safe. Yeah. Okay. So you get up into that. Basically that gives you access to the throne room where you first fought. Strahd, you are seeing the last embers of the uh, of the evening sun creeping, creeping down in the western western sky. So it is it is soon to be dark. You're able to get to where what's her name? Marta, is that right? That's right. Uh, Marwina. To her, Marwina. 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 Oh no, Gerda. Marwina. Gerda's Gerda. the daughter. Yeah, Gerda. You keep getting that messed yeah. up. Yeah. Marwin is the mom, Gerd is the, the daughter, uh, and she is similar to Arena, laying on her bed with a faint pulse and no vampire teeth. All right. I'll pick her up. Okay. So you have both of the, uh, both of the women uh, that were taken from the town. And you are doing what at this point? We gotta go, guys. We gotta go. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we gotta get guys... out of here before the sun goes down. Oh, so you're back in the phone room. Or are you going back out through the main entrance? Uh, well, That's the only I, way we know, right? That's the only way we know, and and it makes sense that we would try to run. Nope. Just what? What was it, Mike? We could go out the window, the broken window in the phone room. Oh, but that's like that upstairs, right? Right, but, but that'll... We don't know if the gargoyles are still there. I guess we could check. Because I don't want to try fighting them while two of us have last out ladies on. Yeah, but I also don't want to try lowering down <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> two, the, unconscious people, two unconscious women. Two unconscious women. true. I, I don't know. Would it, whatever you... You guys think I'm fine with? I say we just go back out the front um, way. That we we can check out. Let's. Just, okay. Okay. <laughs> or you can look fine. out. I mean, look out the, the window. All right. So you guys go through the third room. And you descend. Uh, you're at the uh, main entrance where there were the gargoyles that were sort of like protecting things. Uh, you see them flanking the walls, like where they, where they were. Yeah, Strahd oh, is dead. Okay. The spell is broken. Hopefully that's true, yeah. Okay, so I've got Groda and Brondo both with uh, the women from the village over their shoulders, and Hank and Uleg unencumbered. Are Is anybody going to walk out there? What are you guys going to do? Hank will walk out, because if, if they come back, he'll just throw his last fireball at them. Okay, Hank, you uh, walk out into the room, and there's no activity. Uh, at this point, it seems as if you can pass through this main, like, like, uh, antechamber and exit the castle safely. Hank's keeping his eyes on the gargoyles. He doesn't, like, it it seems weird that they were under the, (laughs) they were under the, like, the same, I don't know. He expects them to still come alive even with Strahd dead, I guess. Yeah. But let's go. Okay. So are Hank and uh, like are Uleg and Grodo and Brondo following? 
Yeah, uh, we like Will. Okay, so you guys pass out of the front gates of what is Castle Ravenloft, but what is also the interior environs of the Keep on the Borderlands, and you're able to pass through the more, like, military side of the Keep on the Borderlands as well. You do not encounter any undead or anything like that. You're basically able to exit the Keep in its entirety, and it is a... Uh, it's a little ways to get back to Coldfield. It's going to take uh, hours to hike back on foot, but it's the kind of thing that you can do in a half day to a day walk. It's basically a day walk from Coldfield to the Keep on the Borderlands. So you can walk through the night if you would like to, or you could uh, find a place to bivouac and then head back in the morning. It's up to you. We're pretty wiped, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah. Like we had it, we had adrenaline running through us, and we're like, Ugh. I mean, and that's why we like made a beeline out the front door just to get out of there, and mm-hmm. you know we're carrying, and so like I say, we go as far as that'll take us, okay. <laughs> and then find a spot to yeah, yeah. Okay, so you guys are able to go like you're basically able to get down the foot of the mountain because that's kind of the way the keep is set up is it's like up against. Yeah the slopes of the of a legit like mountain slope. Yeah. So like get as uh, far away as we can before yeah. it's completely dark. You get open you get out into the open hill country, which is different than like the the keep is situated up against like coniferous forest in the mountain. Uh, so you're able to get out into the open country on the main road. Like it's it's a small like dirt trail at this point in time, but it is the main road that runs between the town and you're able to find a rise to to uh like pass the night away. So is that what you're gonna do? Are you guys gonna try to sleep through the night? We rest. Yeah, yeah we have to rest. Okay. So you post watches, you're able to do it. Uh there's no uh creatures that confront you during the night, but it's because you have a like you camp cold, you don't have a fire or anything like that. You're ready to get back home. Uh the next morning as it as it uh dawns, you notice that there's a slow movement of the mist that morning. It's almost as if the wind is blowing and the wind is blowing back towards the north and back towards they keep on the borderlands. So the mists are blowing back northwards. Mm. This is great. More taters. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes. So you guys strike out that morning. You're able to make your way back to Coldfield. And at this point, we can kind of do a wrap up. Like at this point, you were triumphant. You're able to bring back. Uh, Arena and Goethe, you are successful in defeating Strahd, and I guess my question would be, what do you guys do? Like, do you stay in Coldfield? Like, how do you? You're you're all young men. Like, what what lies in store for you? I'm gonna gather my things at the Kalish encampment, and uh, I'm gonna ask Uleg if he'll fashion me a Heyrun protectorate to wear. I'm going to leave. Um, I I give him mine. Thank you. Uh, safety on the path. I'm still, I'm still not. I'm still not. Still not a religious man, but out of respect for you, Uleg, 
we did we did something worthwhile and pay, brought, pay room protect you we brought the forge fires high when they were low <laughs> you brought me out of the darkness uh both literally and figuratively so are you like a monk now like a traveling monk <laughs> i guess so i mean that's i mean that's what happens when you come when you embrace death and then it doesn't happen you're like all right cool yeah. You're like the Dalai Lama. Yeah, I was. I was certain. I was certain we were all going to perish, and then when that didn't happen, it changes a man. I like it. <laughs> all right. So that's that's Brondo. You're gonna you're gonna strike out. You're going to uh, you're gonna go truly kung fu on us and just wander the lands. I, I like it. All right. What is uh, what is Ule gonna do now that he's uh? That he's handed off uh, his his room his 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 piece. Like, are you gonna are you gonna craft a new uh, symbol? Yeah, Uleg goes back to the forge and uh, using some uh, uh, metal ore that we collected during the the before times when the mists had settled on the Northlands. He forges a new holy symbol and. Uh, in consideration of the state of the North, he decides rather than wandering the world, his place is here and he becomes the new, uh, the new cleric of the church in the North in, uh, uh, our, our hometown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, you know, there are adventures for another day as far as what, what ultimately happens with uh, the back pages for each of you. But, but Uleg grows older and, and grows a, a mighty beard and is a, a, a benefactor of, of Coldfield. And you're, you're ultimately one of the, uh, the leading like political figures of the North country, ultimately, like, like your word holds sway for what happens at Coldfield. It's almost as if there's a transition from, uh, the, the burgermaster and his family and like, like that kind of like old money situation to, uh, uh, like a benevolent sort of like theocratic headspace, at least for the town of Coldfield. I mean, there, there's still the strife like between, uh, the local peoples and the Kalish and that kind of thing. But you're there as a, as a voice of reason. And one, one day as, as Uleg is out, uh, with his apprentices at the, from, for the blacksmith shop, um, collecting ore to be molded into tools and, and, uh, sort of just, you know, getting away from town, which, which always helps to clear his head. he, looks northward toward the uh the keep toward the former castle ravenloft what does he see uh well so in the in the immediate days there are still undead that roam the hills like it is it is not that just like you know a snap of the fingers and the zombies are gone the werewolves are gone that is something that takes time and still even to like however far we want to advance the clock, like decades and decades past mm. this module, there are still now a variety of little pockets of undead that persist because of this, this event. Uh, 
and those those little pockets of undead are a consequence of 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 Strahd and Lord Vecna trying to get their their hands into things. But uh, within a full growing season, the mists have very much receded, and it's a it's a green time, it's a growing time, and that's what happens. Like as you as you become like a full grown person and become a leader within the community. So, so that's what's, what's going on there. Awesome. Fantastic. It is a time of plenty. So that's, that's what happens with Uleg. So, uh, Hank, what happens with you? Um, so in the immediate days after they get back, um, after arena and Gerta are kind of secured back in town, uh, he's going to go to his friends and see if he can recruit them to go back to the castle for those, like, the, the obvious riches and, uh, uh, you know, they there were still crypts that they hadn't explored that might hold wealth. Um, and Hank has it in his head, like, if he can just get that wealth and get it back, like, he he tried, you know becoming powerful magically to, to win arena over and to like establish his place in town. Uh, and that obviously didn't work, but like there's an obvious source of just material. Um, and he thinks if he can secure that, then, then maybe that will earn the respect that her family like requires. Okay. So, so what I'm hearing is that you become, uh, like a legit, uh, adventuring dungeon delver, like you are going to at least have a couple returns back to the keep on the borderlands in the year or so following y'all's exploits outlined here. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, his ultimate goal still is to like, like get the the prestige or whatever that arena requires and her family requires to woo return that okay. that her favor uh yeah i mean there was just gold spilling out of a skeleton like that yep is an obvious place to go so you can secure that yeah does does any does does anybody else accompany hank with these exploits or is this something he's doing on his own uh uleg will travel with him go to the okay back to the keep okay so so uleg and hank are able to go maybe you uh bring on some some people to to sort of help like some some uh what do you call it torch bearers that are going to assist and with a couple extra delves you're able to actually reclaim a variety of riches under the the the, the crypts and so maybe that's a source of the the power of the church that we were talking about with Uleg, like your source of like prominence within the community. You were a good person doing good things. But on top of that, the fact that you guys brought back like five thousand gold pieces gold pieces that were like uh filling an entire like <laughs> body in a crypt, that's <laughs> that's a sizable amount of wealth and that's a source of like rejuvenation uh, uh for Coldfield and and for Hank uh, like I'm assuming you guys are going halvesies. If that's the case, Hank, you are able to become yeah. Very... I mean, split it with right. He'll split it with them. Just like there's no way he could have defeated Strahd on his own. Right. He understands. So my question much. for you if is: he wants, ter- his, he wants his cut. In in terms of <laughs> uh, in terms of 
in, in terms of Hank as a as a character, are you staying in Coldfield or are you uh, treading south towards Redspan and knowledge and like legit magical training, or are you striking out to be an adventurer? Like, what is what are you doing? I think it it would honestly depend on what Arena does. Like, if he secures this wealth and that is enough to finally like get her to see him, uh-huh. then. And then he would consider staying, but if, if she still spurns him, even after that, then he will take his wealth and, and head south. Like, okay. this is his last-ditch effort. If it doesn't work, then, then he's moving on. Okay, so we'll we'll use that as a segue to turn to our final adventurer, the fair Groda. So, so Groda, uh, you had Arena, like, over your shoulder, and you carried her the whole way back to Coldfield, and uh, ultimately nursed her back to health uh, because, of course, she has no father. She has no family at this point. Like, you are that connection. So what's the story for you and for Arena? I had fully anticipated, Groda had fully anticipated that once this was over, he was going to leave town. He was going to resume his wrestling career, and he was going to try and get out of Coldfield. But he kind of turns to Arena and asks her what she thinks of him uh asks her what she thinks of her and in groda's relationship he has started to wonder about all of the times that he's helped her out and helped the burgermeister out and all the times that she's been nice to him and he wants to know what that means to her i mean she she looks on you as a brother like at this point you two are very much family like uh uh you essentially move into the burgermaster's house. It's now I don't know what you call Arena. Is she the the burgermasteress? Like I don't know. Is it <laughs> <laughs> like she's the, the the mistress of the house? The burgermistress. And you and you and you become uh, the the complement there. Like you uh, are able to be, you know, all of the things that you wanted to be. You're the uh, you're the I don't know if it's a big brother or a little brother, but you're you're a brother. The glue that holds things together. Say that again. The I'm I feel like I'm the glue that holds things together. Like I'm making sure that things continue yeah. to function, and that that arena has what she needs to proceed in her role in our society to help Uleg out as mm-hmm. he sort of ascends power. Um, I am I am helpful to those two. Yep. But there's no love between the two of them. Like romantic love. I mean there's there that's right. It's it is uh it's kinship. Like it is it is the deep like you know, deep uh sibling love that you two share. It's family love. Like like she is there for you and you're there for her. Uh and I guess that paints the picture to, to sort of end on Hank. Uh that arena never takes a suitor. She's disinterested in, in romance. As soon as she gets home, like she, uh, uh, is never seeking that. And is, it is very dismissive of any advances. And there are many that come from all across the town over the years, you know, past like this, this adventure. So, uh, to the extent that that might inform like what Hank does, uh, that's that's the answer that happens there. 
Okay. In that case, he'll, I mean, he'll obviously spend time getting the money, trying to woo her, but at this point, like, he'll, he'll have grown past that. Like, when they initially met, it was just, like, a crush or an infatuation, and this was, you know, the last-ditch effort trying to act on that, but I guess he'll understand, like, if she's not interested in that, then he'll, he'll take his, his newfound wealth and, and move south to pursue the magical arts because he is a, he's adept at it so right um, and there's nothing left for him here so he'll he'll move on okay yeah and so uh red span is the uh that's the next like that's the only big city that's that's relatively close by and that's like a couple uh what do you call it What's a pa- a passage of time of two weeks? Like uh Fortnite? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a oh, couple for it's a couple fortnights. It's like a it's like a full it's a full rotation of, of the moon cycle to get down to Redspan. It's a long path, but you've done that actually a few times prior in your younger years to try to gain information. And Redspan is like a legit city. It's a city uh, it's called Redspan. It's almost like Red Bridge. That's another name for the town that the, the commoners call it. Uh, it's this massive red bridge that spans the larger river that like the, the, the mountain fork and the lake fork feed into. And this is a old, old, old dirty ass town and there is there are a lot of people and you walk in with a lot of money and some level of magical knowledge you can carve out a niche for yourself as a as a as a broker of of some level of power within redspan and that's probably what i would see your character doing okay one one thing who are there six of cool who who mentored him in magic before or just somebody that's knowledgeable uh, question he does want in you know with the mists we couldn't really get once they kind of surrounded the town and they were there for what because we tried to like farm and whatnot what happened to people trying to come north like was there just nothing there could they pass pass through the mist no, so like, people, what did it look like from the outside? Uh, people would get lost in the mist, and honestly, there are far more people that are traveling south from Coldfield than there are people coming from the north, or like like heading north, right? Like people aren't going out to the middle of nowhere. It's more that there's the need for supplies to make the trek up to Coldfield. So, but anybody that did make that trek, they just got lost in the mist. Okay. Yep. And I think that's pretty much it, guys. Like that's that's the end of the that's the end of the module. That's the end of these characters. You did it. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna say that we'll come back to them. Like maybe we will, but you've got characters here that you could build. You could level up. You could do what you want with them, right? They're like mm-hmm. they they live they live to tell the tale, and they have this formative adventures that that shape them, right? Uh. And I don't know exactly where this fits within the overall, like, big time span of the Borderlands. It's definitely one of the things that's, like, towards the end of the timeline that I thought of. Like, there's way more that happens way earlier, like, hundreds and thousands of years before this. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, this is kind of like the happy ending to everything portion. But again, these these are characters that if you if you if you keep them or you care about them, they can they can see the light of day and level them up or do whatever you want. Like they're they're your they're your thing. Like they 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 made it and they did they persisted.
could have been a soldier. I 